Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Are you ready for another week of Growing in Grace? Well, if you're not, I don't know what to tell you. Do you know what to tell them, Joel? I have no idea what to tell somebody when they're not ready for grace. People get ready. It's time for Growing in Grace. Just If you just tell people to get ready, they'll get ready. They'll listen. They'll obey. <laughs> you think so, huh? All right. Well, then that works for me. All you got to do right. is tell somebody something, and they easily, they you know, it's just natural for people to obey. Yeah. All right. Let, let me start over. I command thee to get ready for growing in grace. <laughs> well, you know, here we are. We're sitting here in... Uh, Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. Oh no, wait. We're down. We're down. We're we're west of there. We're in Waterloo, Iowa, aren't we? Yeah. Well, they can't be any colder than we're gonna be. Yeah, I know. It's gonna be chilly, 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 chilly. But um, I, I, you know, I noticed. You know, you may notice. I just said that we are west of them. A lot of people think that if we're in Iowa, we're south of Canada, and technically, yeah, we're south of Canada. But we're just like one degree. Um, I forget which is longitude and latitude, but anyway, we're like just one degree difference from Ontario or or from uh, Lund, or uh, Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. So they're actually east of us. But that's, well, that's you know that's who cares? news to me. Yeah, who cares about that anyway? Though the only reason <laughs> I looked, I don't, got we got friends there, Facebook friends that live in that area, and I thought one time about going to going there, driving there, and. I was looking up north and like, oh, that gets it's it's east. It's east it's east of Detroit. Interesting. Yeah. That's neither here not, nor there. Not to not to anybody else. Yeah. But, uh still. Everybody just wipe what we just said out of your mind. Talk Forget about we said what we it. want to talk about. If you listen to this um, podcast again, start at the two minute mark. <laughs> hey, there was something that we had chosen to talk about this week here on Growing in Grace, and then we repented. <laughs> we changed our minds. What did you say? We changed our minds. We changed our mind. So when you hear the word repent, you listening to us right now, what normally comes to mind when you hear the word repent? Think about it for just a few seconds. And hopefully we can have a discussion here today that will get all of our thinking in line with what repentance truly is under this new covenant. Yeah, because I, th- I think it's crucial to understand what repentance really is, because it is a word that gets thrown around a lot in Christian circles. Repent! A lot of people have—I was going to say a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about what the word means, but really, I, I don't think that would be accurate. I think that people, generally speaking, have one idea of what repent means, and that idea usually has to do with changing your behavior. If you hear the word repent, you think, well, okay, I've been doing a certain thing, I've been living a certain lifestyle, and if I repent of that, then I change my lifestyle, and all of a sudden I'm doing something different. And so that's what repentance is in a lot of people's minds. But like uh, you uh, zeroed in on when I said something, after you said that we repented at the, you know, near the beginning of this podcast— and I said, we changed our minds. We changed our thinking. And repentance, that word, 
in the Greek really has more to do with thinking than it has to do with behavior. That's really, uh, when you go back to the original language, uh, you can plainly see that. And I, I think a lot of times people try to read more into the word than what is really there when it comes to our actions, because it really is a change of mind. And so with that in mind, with that in mind, let's keep in context here as a reminder to our, our regular listeners, and maybe you're a new one, welcome aboard. But remember, the, the new covenant had not started yet. Jesus is showing up on the scene with his ministry, right? I know how the Bible is divided up by Old Testament and New Testament, but it's really not accurate because the new covenant did not really begin until the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So here we are with Jesus showing up on the ministry scene. He was born of a woman. He was born under the law, the Bible tells us. And he came to the Jewish people Sometimes he would use the law to try to help them begin to understand what the gospel really was, even though they really didn't have much idea about that yet. Let's take a look at Mark 1.15, for example. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Believe the good news. Who was he talking to? Who was his audience? Of course, these were people who were under the law of Moses. Uh, whether they be Pharisees who are hypocritical about it, or whether they were, the, you know, your regular, uh, average, everyday Jewish people who were uh, abiding by this covenant filled with hundreds and hundreds of rules and, and regulations and, and ceremonial acts that had to occur sometimes on a daily basis. So these were not just people out running around being sinners all the time, trying to figure out what they could get away with. Uh, a lot of these people were stuck under this burdensome covenant, and that's what God meant for it to be, so that it would bring them to the end of themselves eventually and bring them to Christ. So they're under this burdensome covenant, and they spent most of their time, uh, or much of their time, following through on the, these rules and regulations and sacrifices and, and the, the dietary laws and all the different things. You know, they couldn't even... They can only walk a few hundred feet on the Sabbath day. I mean, it was just one thing after the other. And, this, and, and of course, they messed up. Of course, they sinned. And that's why they, they were continually, uh, the book of Hebrews says that they, they were under a consciousness of sin. They were continually under a sin consciousness because of this burdensome covenant. And so now Jesus shows up to these people and he says, repent, change the way you were thinking about God and believe the good news. Change the way you're thinking about the covenant you are now under and prepare yourself for something better. Because here's the thing, if Jesus was just saying, stop sinning and change your behavior, really? <laughs> to these Jewish people who are under the law trying to establish their own righteousness through the law? I think that's a pretty shallow view of repentance. Yeah, I think so too. And that's, I mean, that's a really good thing to bring out of all this because as you say, these people were under the law. They were trying as hard as they could to keep the law. Behavior-wise, if you would want to compare, you know, like when we normally think of repent, when we, you know, when people think of it in the in the mode of change your behavior, you know, we're thinking about people who are murdering and committing adultery and doing evil things. Well, these people were actually probably, you know, living as good as they possibly could. I think about the Apostle Paul, for example. He, when he was under the law, before he was the Apostle Paul, he was the legalist Saul 
being very, very zealous for the law, thinking of himself as being quite a really, really, really good lawkeeper. And what he had to do was he had to repent. And his repentance wasn't a matter of stopping doing bad and starting doing good, because he was already, according to the law, in his own mind, he was keeping it quite well. His repentance, just like what you're talking about there, Cap, when Jesus was saying repent and, re- and believe the good news, it was a repent. Stop thinking of yourself as having to be under the law in order to please God and realize that God has accepted you through the gospel. I mean, if we back up, you know, the day that Jesus was born, let's go back then, the angel told the shepherds, do not be afraid, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The host of angels goes on, saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. That's God's good will toward people. And so then, Fast forward a few years, John the Baptist comes along proclaiming the good news. He saw Jesus coming toward him by the river and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So what we've got here, it's a Savior. He's come to take away the sin of the world. That is the good news. And then that's when Jesus came preaching the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God, and saying, like you uh, said a little bit ago, Cap, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Having all that context in mind really helps to understand what this is all about, what repentance is really all about. Stop trusting in yourself, stop trusting in your law-keeping, stop trusting in how good you've been, stop trusting in the animal sacrifices, the yearly sacrifices, and realize that the one perfect sacrifice is standing right here, the one who would take away the sin of the world. That was Jesus Christ. He was saying, repent of your trust in yourself and your works and the law and believe the good news, the gospel. Yeah, it's a powerful sentence there. I mean, change the way you're thinking and believe the good news. Well, what was it they were thinking? What Joel was just talking about, trying to establish their own righteousness through the the works of the law, uh, which could not save them. And so shortly after this, of course, after giving them this line about repenting and believing the good news, what did he do? He began to preach the law to them on the Sermon on the Mount and gave them a list uh, or, or, or a revelation. He opened up their, began to open up their minds about what the, the law really demanded, which was even exceedingly harder than they even imagined because Jesus brought what the law demanded to light in that Sermon on the Mount. He wasn't giving them a new Christian sermon. He was just showing them, <laughs> you're not going to make it this way. Exactly. He was trying to already help them have a change of mind. Uh, he was putting them in a place where people were going to say, well, man, we, we can't do this. And then in Luke 24, later on, after Jesus rose, he showed up to the disciples, sat down, had something to eat, and um, he showed them how all these things about him dying and rising from the dead, how, how and why they had to happen. And he began to show them the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. And then he opened up their understanding that they might understand those Old Testament scriptures about him. And then he said, repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name among all the nations starting at Jerusalem. So go there and wait. So he just got done opening up their mind to something totally brand new. You are going to go from a system of a burdensome covenant into something that we call good news, the gospel. 
And now you now that he opened up their understanding to it, Joel, I don't know how many hours that could have taken, maybe not that long, but he, he went through Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, and Jesus showed these disciples he, he, the, the change of mind that was going to occur here, and they, they began to understand uh, how it all came together. And then he says, repentance and remissions of, of, uh, remission of sins. He doesn't say repentance from sins. It's, it's a change of mind that brings forgiveness of sins under the New Covenant. Yes, exactly. And I guess, you know, as we wrap up here, you know, thinking about how this might affect us in a practical sense, I know that there are a lot of Christians walking around feeling as if, even though it's not true, feeling as if God is angry with them, or the things that are going on in their lives are because God's punishing them, or for whatever reason, they think God is against them. We can use this same word, repent, change your thinking. Stop thinking that God's angry with you. Stop thinking that uh, the word repent means stop sinning and turn around and do what's right. Now, it is a good thing to stop doing things that aren't helpful and that don't edify, but that's not what repentance is. Repentance means that we stop thinking wrongly about God as being angry with us and out to get us, and instead we believe the good news that he took our sin away. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is the good news that we're to change our old thinking about and believe that good news. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.